Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This is the Whole Church Podcast, as you already know from our intro that just played. I am your host, Joshua Knoll. I am also your co-host, because your other co-host and better host would be uh, Tejas, which is short for Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Don't ask me how Tejas is short for that. It, just, it is. So, so you're the host and the co-host. Yeah, you're also the co-host and the host. Okay. But the better host. Right. Yeah. Um, so today we have a very normal episode for everybody where it's just me and TJ talking, which is normal. But uh, also an extremely important episode. We're going to be talking about sin and death and the ramifications thereof uh, as far as doctrines throughout and why the church disagrees and argues and et cetera, et cetera. We'll get tell you more about what we're talking about here in a minute. Um, I just want to let you all know the reason that, that it's so important is we're going to have a few episodes about this. Uh, we're going to be talking to some leaders in the Catholic Church, some leaders in the Greek Orthodox Church, some leaders in the Pentecostal Church, uh, maybe a few others about this topic because a lot of divides in the church come from doctrines about sin and death. So we're going to focus on this for a while. It's part of the series we're doing, going through the Bible, talking about the scriptures that people like to argue about. And uh, Genesis 3 is probably the one chapter in the Bible that causes the most divide in the church of any. I would say. So uh, it's really important stuff. Today we're just going to kind of do an overview, tell you guys some of the history behind it, and just kind of touch the surface so that as we go along here in the next few weeks, we can go a little bit deeper into things. Um, that being said, before we jump into it, we want to tell you about some of our needs for the podcast. Um, we need at least $5 million. So whoever has that, please donate it at uh, the whole at uh, patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Um, if you have less than that, We'll take it. That'd be great. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this, <laughs> this, um, what, what, what do we, what do we call this? This COVID-19, this particular pandemic, it's, of course, it's hurt everyone's wallets. It hurts everyone's funds, but, uh, churches still need money. And, uh, we still, it takes the same amount of money to run this podcast as it did before. We're just making a little bit less money with TJ not being at the mall and me getting less hours at work because we're less busy because, you know, people are staying inside. And we work at a fast food restaurant, which means it's bad for us when people stay inside. Yeah. Yep. Although I, I did hear the mall's opening back up soon, TJ. I didn't. I didn't. Apparently, know. yeah. Had they contacted you about working again? Yes. Cool. That's good. I guess. Um, yeah, uh, we have that need. Uh, we also we actually got a second mic for TJ, so we can do some more of our podcasts through Zoom like this during some of the. Uh, separation stuff we're all trying to do where we're not recording six feet next to each other. So we're doing this over zoom now. Um, so luckily he was able to get that other mic. We have the cord we need. Uh, we're still looking for someone to help us reinvent our theme. We're also looking for some other stuff. Uh, someone to run our Twitter. What, what else do you do? What are some of our other needs? Love, uh, well, lots of yeah. love. If you can donate that uh, on our Facebook, Twitter, anything, call me. Beat me if you want to reach me. Unconditional love and support would always be nice. Yeah. It's, it's always uh, great, actually. We would love to get you guys into that lower tax bracket. Uh, it's for you. Uh, so just donate however much it takes. <laughs> Super willing to help out. Is that actually how that works? If they donate enough, it counts as them? I have as no idea. Tax bracket? I don't know. Let's test it. Everybody donate now and find out. Um, the new theme is that is that pretty much it? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, contact us. Tell us if you have something you think we should talk about. Let us know. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I did want to announce this. This is pretty cool. Um, our fiftieth episode. TJ and I have decided we're going to do something a little special, right? We're going to have a few guests of our past guests on, as well as some of our patrons. We're going to invite to a big Zoom kind of conference meeting. We're just going to have a kind of a reunion episode about what we've learned so far, what we want to talk about next, what you guys want us to talk about next, and uh, share a bunch of God moments. So I look forward to that. Our 50th episode is coming up soon. This should be episode 44, I think. 
approximately. Yeah, so, yeah, so, it's, so it's coming up soon. So you guys be uh, be able to look out for that. Should be really exciting. Kind of a reunion re recap episode. So it'll be good stuff. Um, with that being said, that, that's pretty much that, right, DJ? Uh, yeah, I think that's all. All right. And uh, you, you had a very special question for me today, right? No. What? No. How are we going to break the ice? With a pick. Okay. So, Joshua, if you had to choose <laughs> one sport to have a larger professional impact or footprint in your area, what would you choose? Okay, in my area is in, like, the Charlotte area, or are we going, like, more local, like, Lancaster specifically? Like, more local. Hmm. You have to go first, right? I do not, actually. Well, that's how that works. Well, I'm in charge, so. Okay. Right. Yeah, I decide how it works. Hmm. Does foosball count as a sport? Uh, I would say yes. I'm going to go with foosball. Because there are professional leagues. Actually, scratch that. Not foosball. Pool. Oh. Pool or bowling? I like both of those a lot. Okay. Yeah. Pool or bowling? Yeah. As your one sport. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I, I'll probably choose uh, table tennis. I am absolutely surprised. I really am, though, because I thought you were going to say hockey. Yeah, well, see, the closest like, officially sanctioned table tennis club to me is seven hours away. Uh, okay. Whereas the closest hockey is, what, like five? Two. What? Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't have his own hockey team, does it? Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, I thought they were the They're not the NHL, they're the AHL. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, Follow-up question, TJ. Do you like hockey or ping pong more? To play or to watch? Either. Both. Well, I would just like to know this. I can't play hockey. I've never gotten a chance, so I have to go with ping pong there. Uh, as far as being a fan, I, I would choose hockey. Hmm. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, but that's all the questions I had today. But, um, hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, as we recap, remember to check in about two weeks from now, and we'll, we'll talk more about Sen. Yep. Yeah, that, that was the end, right? So, Josh, summarize this podcast in 10 seconds. Oh, um, TJ likes to watch hockey more than he likes to play. I, I, I don't know. I like bowling. Did that, was that 10 seconds? Do people have to pay for this now? Nope. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so what is sin? Bad. Uh, that's that's what question. we're actually here to talk about. So we have several, this is a very common question, very highly disputed question. Uh, so we've drawn several definitions or excerpts from people who claim to know what sin is. Yeah, um, saints of old, professors of current, of the Bible. Philosophers. Yeah. So uh, the first one we have, is from Tertullian. Uh, his first name was, I don't remember, probably ridiculous. But oh. uh, he described sin as evil which arises from corrupt origin. And he meant the soul's corrupt origin. Which is, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's where the corrupt origin is. In that excerpt, I assume. Hmm. So, that's that's one. Uh, another one we found is, to sin is nothing other than not to give God what is owed him. And that's from uh, Ansel. 
couple books. Go read them. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear us uh, read it as an audiobook. Are we going to do that? Only if everyone that listens subscribes to our Patreon. Oh, okay. That, I'm fine with that. But for $10 or more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have a line from Thomas Aquinas. Uh, he said, Sin is nothing else than a bad human act. An act can be sinful if the willful choice behind the act violates either the human reason or the moral law of God. And that's that's really a very well fleshed out definition. In very my reasonable opinion. definition. Like yeah. It sounds very just concise and well thought out. I love, I, I love Aquinas. He's just one of my I favorites. I don't. I hate him. But why? Absolutely one of my least favorites. We've talked about this several times. I forgot why, though. Not going to say it. Okay. All right. So, uh, also, uh, we have Plantinga, who is actually not familiar with, but he says, Sin is a culpable and personal affront to a personal God. Any Anything you do that insults God, that's the sin. Which makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think that definition really puts emphasis on the relationship aspect, right? We're all supposed to have a relationship with God, and whether that's good or bad sort of determines whether you're sinning or not. You know, if you're doing an act that's... It's just like a, the Bible kind of goes into where I can sin against another man, right? And well, that would be like uh, if I had I had like understood agreements with DJ, for example, where it's like uh, you know we understand that if TJ comes to visit with me, I'm going to let him sleep here. It would be a sin against TJ if he came and I was like, all right, I kick you out at twelve. That would be me sinning against TJ. I don't know if that qualifies as God holding it against me, but that's sort of the idea. Is that, that's what the Bible meant by sin. So what he's saying is, I have a personal relationship with God. If I do something that's against that relationship, yeah. Uh, we, also like have, we also have uh, from Wayne Grudem, who I believe you like, Josh. Uh, yeah, he writes the current main, you know, most used textbook on systematic theology among Protestant churches. He says, Sin is any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. And that's, I I like that a lot. It's, you know, if you aren't within the boundaries of what he says, you're sinning. Yeah. Which, you know, that, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that he added attitude. Because some, right. you know, some people act like, well, you know, I didn't lie. Okay, but what's your attitude? Yeah, it was just good. Right, and then you know, it's your your attitude, like, hey, I'll do this, and I'll ask for forgiveness. That's not how it works. Yeah, still a simple attitude. It's a good definition. Uh, also from John Golden Gay, who I you also like. Yeah, he writes the book on biblical theology. Another good textbook. Not as highly used, but it's good. He says, Sin is leaving the road that God sets in front of people as the right way and choosing to go another way. Yeah. Um, basically, he, he turns the focus more on the journey. Are you journeying towards God or further from God? And actually, in the Bible, in 1 John 3, 4, uh, it says, it just straight up says, sin is lawlessness. Yeah, which you think would be the end of definitions. The Bible said that, we all move on. Um, I, I think the only reason it really isn't is because, uh, what does that mean, lawlessness? What, what counts as the law today, right? And we've talked about this before with Chris. It's something that uh, even the early church in the Bible debated. You know, what laws still apply? What What is meant by lawfully good and what's meant as lawless? And it's it's an awesome definition, but that's why we continue to kind of expand and try and figure out what exactly is God looking for when he says a statement so clear as sin is lawlessness. Okay, so how do we avoid lawlessness? What does that look like? Because, you know, Jesus right. also said he came to fulfill the law, right? Fun, confusing stuff. We love yeah, it. So. If you don't want to take what we say, uh, choose these 
seven fairly credible sources and stick yeah. to one of those. I would encourage everybody to kind of look into them, look some of these up, and just kind of do the research yourself. You know, it's it's worth knowing the nature of sin. Because until, you know, sin, we're going to talk about this more later on, but until you really understand sin, it's hard to really understand the grace that God shows, right? Or the love that God shows. Until mm-hmm. you understand how bad you are, it's hard to understand how good God is. Exactly. Yeah. So we want to go through some of the history. So we add context to some of the future conversations we're going to have with um, some of these other leaders of the church that we mentioned earlier. Um, one of the, really the beginning of the debate of all of this was with Pelagius. And he came out uh, early 400s, so the fifth, early 5th fifth century. He, um, he came out and basically what his idea was that uh, Adam's sin does not equate to us sinning, right? Like, that's two different things. And he said that we don't inherit sin from Adam, and we don't inherit death from Adam. We do those things on our own. We sin, thus we die. Um, that's Pelagius' idea. It became really popular really quick, because people like the idea of, I'm not being judged for something that someone else did. I mean, most three-year-olds can tell you that that's what they consider fair, right? Like, uh, you punish a kid. Uh, well, I, I'm sure a lot of people today have been part of a class, right, where the teacher just punished the whole class because someone did something wrong. That feels unfair. A lot of us don't like that. So Pelagius' idea sounded desirable. People liked that idea. Again, we like to remind everybody that just because an idea is old doesn't mean it's correct. The church was really quick. In the Council of Carthage in 418, the church decided, hey, uh, that's heresy. Completely denounced it, mostly due to Augustine's writings. Which, right. yeah. It's also, it's interesting to me anyway. What we know of Pelagius is basically only from Augustine's writings. Uh, it would basically be equivalent to if someone only knew TJ from a few of my writings where I was, for some reason, mad at TJ and just bashing him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not a good way to get to know somebody. Right. Yeah. And it's also, uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how much of what we know comes from Augustine's writings. Yeah, it's insane. Because when the Library of Alexandria burned down, all that mess, yeah. what we know of that is only from his writings. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, huge. even though Augustine's stuff wasn't, you know, holy text or considered an errant or anything, it's a lot of what the church is today, Catholic and Protestant, relies on Augustine's writings and what he thought and what he said. Yeah. And the church, before the Reformation, you know, traditional Catholic church, uh, post-Luther, pre-Luther, whoops, yeah. but uh, they believed in a sort of semi-Pelagian view. Yeah, and they that's believed... due to John Cassian, who right. basically said Augustine went too far. He was saying that, um, basically he thought, because Augustine's attack against Pelagius was, no, 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 it's only by God, right? It's only through grace, only through faith. A lot of us have heard this now, right? It has nothing to do with humans at all. John Cassian's argument was, okay, but the Bible does say, and uh, I think it's in Hebrews, to work out your salvation. So clearly humans have some role, was basically his argument. So he, he brought that to the church and said, humans have to have a role in this. So the Council of Orange in 529 came to, okay, it's through human's decision of faith that God's act of grace saves them. So both are kind of playing a role there. Right. And uh, so that brought us to, that brings us to the Reformation. Yes. The Reformation, for those who are unaware, is when Martin Luther posted his 99 theses, and it's like, hey, this is messed up. And the Pope was like, kill that guy. But that's Neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> during the Reformation, during Luther's great revolution against the Catholics, uh, Luther contemplated his own sins heavily. He said he would spend hours in confession of his own sins. 
and he wrote about it, the torment of his own guilt heavily. Now, Luther held that even after we are saved from guilt and condemnation of sin, believers remain entirely sinful, at the same time righteous and also a sinner. And that's, you know, yes, we have been forgiven our sins. That does not change the fact that we are, in our core, sinners. And that's where, like, a lot of, um, if you hear songs, it talks about us putting on the cloak of purity that Christ gives us, right? It's, we're still sinners, but God covers that. And that, that comes from a lot of Luther's ideas, which is, in contrast to, you know, right, right before that, during the medieval times, you have people like Thomas Aquinas. He would, he basically asserted that every person is responsible for their own sins and only their own sins, right? So until you sin, you're not a sinner. Luther basically kind of puts out the opposite of that. It's something that's completely contradictory. It's part of why the Reformation was such a big deal was Luther said, no, we are born awful. We are awful. If you look at some of Luther's writings, it's almost like, it reads almost like some a suicidal person's journal, right? Like he just felt awful. Yes. yes. Um, so another, <laughs> sorry, another big, uh, maybe the biggest person in the discussion of inherited guilt, inherited sin was John Calvin, right? So same time as Luther, during the Reformation, he comes up with this idea that what he termed total depravity, which is sort of what Luther was getting at, that everyone is born completely evil because of Adam. Adam sinned, thus we are all completely evil. Now, Calvin uniquely, he didn't believe that we inherited father to son to father to son, which is what a lot of Catholic believers today believe, which is why, you know, Mary's held in such high regard because Jesus didn't have a father, thus he didn't inherit guilt. That's why he was able to be perfect. That's the Catholic idea. Calvin said, no, no, was it you born at all? Adam was our representative, not through bloodline, but through basically the idea is that God picked the best of us to come first. And because he sinned, we would have sinned. So we're all born guilty because of that. Sort of the idea. Definitely oversimplifying it, but that, that's sort of the idea. And from the idea of total depravity comes his idea of total inability. Which means I am completely unable to decide not to sin. I am going to decide to sin just by nature. Just like an apple is going to taste like an apple and orange is going to be citrus. I'm going to sin. Yeah. It's like if, if you watch an animal in the wild long enough, it is going to eat or yeah. die. Probably poop. If you watch me long enough, I'll talk about a train. That's not the same thing, is it? No. Interesting. Um, that does bring us, though, to another idea that came up mostly due to Jacob Arminian. We've talked about this before, Calvinism and Arminianism, right? And Jacob Arminian kind of went, wait a minute, Calvin, I think all of your ideas are wrong. Not quite, but he basically did that. He came up with the opposite of the five points of Calvinism. Jacob Arminian came up with the opposite of that. He'd be like, no, oh, nope, disagree on all five of those. And that's one of the biggest divides in the Protestant Church today. Um, concerning this topic specifically, Jacob Arminian did agree on total inability. Everyone's unable to decide to sin. However, he posited this belief of what's provenient grace, which is to say, uh, if you look at Romans 5, that's where the big argument comes in, right? Calvin will say, see, it says, just as one man sinned, aka Adam, we are all sinners. Thus, we all need Jesus to save us. Arminian looks at that, and then what he'll say is, no, no, this is just as one man sinned, we're all sinners. But then it says, likewise, Christ died so that we all can be saved. So he's saying, just as much as Adam's sin affected everyone, Jesus' grace affects everyone so that no one is born guilty. But because of total inability, we will choose to sin. And then we have to return back to the cross. Um, and this comes into play when arguments, specifically when we talk about abortion or stillborn babies and all that, which we'll get to in a second. But that's the big idea there is he's saying, because of Christ, when you're a baby, when you're born, you're not guilty until you decide to do something sinful. 
which is why we gave the definition of sin earlier. Because what do we mean when we talk about sin? Are you deciding to do these things? That's Jacob Arminian's idea. Calvin's idea is, by nature, your existence is sinful. And that's kind of stark contrast there. Um, yeah. The way I view this is, is an animal sinning when it kills another animal for food? No. Okay, I don't know, TJ. <laughs> it's an instinct. It has to do that to live. Unless it's not a predator, but you know, that's not what I'm talking about. If a bunny is going around killing other bunnies, that, that bunny's probably sinning. Somehow. <laughs> but they don't do that. Uh, so, when a child is born, it is an instinctual child. It's a baby. It doesn't have complex thoughts. At least, I, I don't believe it does. Yeah. It's just... What's wrong? I feel weird. Cry. Food in my mouth. I'll eat it. But, you know, when we get those first human thoughts, then we're sitting. Well, that's where some of our definitions earlier are really important, right? Um, was it Golden Gate talked about the paths, right? Are you choosing a path away from God? As an infant, you're probably not choosing any path. You're just kind of doing stuff. They don't do um, a whole lot. Yeah. What's uh? What was the other one too? It was a um. Man, I'm trying to think. A, a personal affront. Yeah. They don't only really have a, a relationship with God yet. How can they do a personal affront? But when a baby that, looks at you and cries, it, it's not trying to offend you. It doesn't think you're ugly. <laughs> probably. It might if you're my brother. Right. Unfortunate. But that's not that's not what it's doing. It's just existing. Yeah. Which is... But that's when you get to other definitions. Uh, Grudem's definition included, it said, um, doing, you know, disobeying God by nature. So he's including the idea that your very existence is against God. And God. Awesome. Because of the sin of Adam. So how you look at... Yeah, how you look at how sin is inherited affects so much of your other doctrines, right? Because when we get to the idea that uh, the Bible says death comes from sin, sin results in death. So if we disagree on sin, then we're going to disagree on death. If we disagree on death, we're going to disagree on the cross because why did Jesus die? That comes down to sin and death. Um, yeah. Now, John Wesley went He's kind of Arminian, but he's the guy who founded the Methodist Church. He went sort of with Arminian's idea, but kind of took it a little bit further. He said, Arminian's right, right? Except we are still born sinful. Uh, basically, the idea is an apple tree isn't an apple tree until it bears an apple, right? Like we can't. Well, now we can because you know well, genetics. Yeah. We, we know enough to do that. But the, you know the idea that he's saying is until it bears fruit, we're not going to judge it as any kind of tree. But it's still an apple tree. Eventually, it is going to bear that fruit. Uh-huh. And that was sort of his idea was that we're still sinful. Now, until we bear fruit, until we you know, make those choices, we do all that stuff. He doesn't believe God's going to judge us. But eventually, because we're born sinful, we will bear sinful fruit. Which is right. just kind of going a little bit further into what Arminian said. Not disagreeing, just kind of furthering it. Um, the Council of Trent is where the Catholic Church kind of addressed all the stuff from the Reformation because they kind of had to. And uh, they ended up coming up with this idea that it's human and God, right? They look again to that verse that says, working out salvation. You work out your own salvation. And they say, okay, they have some good points here, right? People are born simple. Catholic Church will agree with that. But then they'll say, it's not just you. It's not just the faith. It's not just grace. It's you working out your salvation by doing good works, by doing these things, by meriting salvation with God giving you grace and faith. They don't deny that you have to have the grace and faith to be saved. But they'll say that that's not enough. You also have to work with it 
and we'll look to like the first couple chapters of James to kind of back up that kind of statement. But that that started with the Council of Trent. With that, we get to the idea of original sin, which that's what we've been talking about this whole time, right? Chapter three of Genesis, original sin. How? What are the repercussions? If I never sinned, um, Pelagius, he believed there were people before Jesus who never sinned, who lived perfect lives. What is the, what are the implications of that, TJ? Uh, well, we believe it's possible that someone just never sinned. I wasn't prepared to answer this question. Perfect. I think that's all I'll answer that. <laughs> that's all you have to say. Um, it's, it weighs heavy. Because if you don't, if you believe people are possible of not sinning, why didn't God just leave it up to us, right? Just say, hey, do better. Or, you know, empower us with the Holy Spirit. Skip the whole Jesus step. Give the Holy Spirit so that people will do better, right? I think once you question original sin, once you question that we have all sinned, once you question that death is the result of sin, you have to question, why did Jesus physically come and die? Uh, the Bible says that death is the result of sin. A lot of people will argue that meant uh, spiritual death. And, you know, that comes from whenever, it comes from a bunch of places, but a large part of that is, uh, if you read Genesis first three or four chapters, what you'll notice is God says, when you, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. They eat of that tree and they live another 900 years. Right. Yeah. So and it says, know. yeah, it says the day. Yeah. Like which, when you eat from that tree, you will die. Yeah. Which makes a lot of people think, okay, clearly it wasn't talking about physical death because they lived 900 more years, right? Yeah. And I think it's time to talk to those people about the fact that it's a ghost story. Wake up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? No, it's, it's a joke. Uh, no, go, go on. I want to hear more. So, yeah, they, they did die right then. Oh, and then yeah, they're just ghosts. Yeah, they forgot to write in the part where from here on out, they, oh, they're ghosts. This sounds like the plot line to Supernatural Season 16. <sighs> Terrible show. I, I disagree. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so there's another 900 years. Um, when Jesus talk comes, and he talks about, I will give you life and more abundantly. Well, believers in Jesus didn't not die. They still kept dying at the same rate. So basically people are arguing that this death, this life that the Bible talks about, is a spiritual death, a spiritual life. Not necessarily that when you sin, you will physically die. Which is where people, we're going to look back to the gap theory, right? Since people who argue that in Genesis 1. They like to argue this because... Then it makes sense, right? If it was talking about only spiritual death, then things could have physically died before Adam and Eve sinned. Because it wasn't talking about physical death. Talking about something else. Right. Yeah. Which we'll get into more of that later, exactly the ramifications of death concerning sin. But that that idea is important because how you understand sin affects how you understand death. And if it meant a spiritual death, why didn't Jesus just do something for us spiritually? Why did he have to physically die if that's not what it was talking about? Which brings up it's problems on both sides, right? If for the one side you have to if you believe that sin equates in a physical death, you have to explain away why Adam and Eve didn't physically die as soon as they ate of the tree. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, if you believe, you know, it's talking about spiritual death, you have to explain what, why did Jesus need to come physically die then? Right. And that's where a lot of arguments come. To, to quote, was it John? Stop. Yes. Yes. It, it was John. I, I believe so. Right. Mr. Stott, yeah. one of his books, uh, he says, the reason why many people give the wrong answers to questions about the cross and even ask the wrong questions, is that they have carefully considered neither the seriousness of sin nor the majesty of God. And that that wording might be a little confusing. Uh, yeah, what he means is they just 
very specifically avoided questioning the seriousness of sin and the majesty of God. They don't they don't want to think about these things. So help because me understand, GJ, how, how serious is very. Yeah. The most. Yeah. Because if I was capable of just not sinning, Jesus didn't have to come. Right? Right. If it was possible for any man, woman, or child to not sin, then most of the Bible would not have been written. Yeah. And as far as the majesty of God goes, if God wasn't so great, his death wouldn't mean anything. If he wasn't in charge, then it would have just been something dying. Things die every day. Not a big deal. Right. It, it wouldn't even have been the right. only crucifixion that day. Yeah. Which it wasn't. Which, uh, it wasn't, yeah. but that's how it would be considered. Like, yeah, there were three crucifixions, whatever. The record's like 70. Yeah. You guys didn't even scratch the surface of how many people could have been punished that day. Yeah. yeah. Which, it is a big deal. It is a very big deal. And that's where um, a lot of Protestants and Catholics kind of debate. Um, Catholics believe in both mortal and venial sins, right? just say there are sins that you're choosing to completely turn away from God and then there are sins that just kind of hurt you a little bit right like uh, kind of hurt your spiritual status doesn't really turn away from God you don't have to ask for forgiveness to make it back to heaven you just kind of aren't as spiritually alive as you could be um, hopefully we'll have Sister Rose or somebody on who understands that doctrine a little bit better to talk with us but a lot of Protestants look at that and they think okay well you're saying that some sins aren't that serious, which then questions the cross, right? So that's uh-huh. that's where Protestants kind of have a little bit of tension with the Catholic Church on that subject. All right. Yeah. Now, we mentioned when I talked to my brother that Pete Inns didn't believe in a literal Adam. And TJ had a lot to say about that. I have a moderate amount to say about that. <laughs> We've had him on the podcast before. We, we love him. He's a great guy, right? Yep. I do love Pete Ince. Yeah. Fun, but, uh, fun person to talk to. Uh, he believed that Adam and Eve weren't true, not true, weren't people. He believes Adam and Eve represented the people of Israel. The Israelites. Yeah. And because of that, people question, you know, what he believes, things like that, but uh, it does make it, it kind of, I don't know how to word it, but. Yeah, if there was the literal Adam, then his literal sin couldn't possibly have affected my nature, right? Like, right, yeah. Of course I could live without sinning. I'm not Jewish, so I didn't really come from Adam. But that's, that's not what it means. Um, Pete ends basically, he'll, he'll still say that everyone's still born sinful. Yeah. Our inherited sin comes from the people of Israel, not one guy named Adam. Yeah, he still believes that uh, we're all... I, I don't know if he believes we're born a, like, if we inherit guilt or not, but I do know that he believes everyone has sinned, that everyone will sin, and as such, everyone needs to believe in a literal Jesus who died on the cross and rose again. Mm-hmm. He just draws the question of was there a literal Adam, and how does his sin affect us now? Right, right. And since he doesn't believe in a literal Adam, he'll say that no. Which brings us to Romans five, right? It says just as Adam had said. Well, why is it talking about Adam if it's talking about a whole nation? He'll argue that in Romans chapter two comes first that says all have sinned. He says we're supposed to understand Romans five in context of that. All have sinned. Which, if we had him on, we could ask him more. I, I don't want to presume everything that he meant. I, I specifically ordered his book, um, 
Genesis for Normal People to kind of read. So we could talk about this, but I don't want to go too in depth and maybe misinterpret what he means. I just want to ask they let you, yeah. They let you buy that book? Yeah. No background check? Correct. It's fantastic. Remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, just get it on Amazon. It's actually a pretty short book that's very, very easy to read. It's nice. I don't know if we're supposed to be promoting that book. We don't necessarily agree with it. This is not a endorsement. It's just a if you feel like Check reading yeah, if you feel like reading what he believes, it's interesting and easy to read. It's a good author. Yeah. Good guy. So TJ, if you have to summarize what is sin? After everything we talked about, what what is sin? And why did Jesus die? Sin Give us the gospel in context of everything we just said. Sin is bad. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sin is anything you do that is bad. That's my professional opinion. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the question, the big, there's a couple of big questions. We have to ask where the word church can be united, right? That's something we agreed on when we started this podcast was that we're not here to tell everyone what to believe or to settle the issue once and for all. We're here to say, here's a bunch of different views. We're not smart enough to tell you which one's right. We just want to ask the question of, can the church be united despite some of these differences, right? Uh-huh. Can we unite despite the fact that Pete Inns doesn't believe in a literal Adam? Can we unite despite the fact that half of the Protestant church thinks that, ooh, you're born guilty, and thus, you know, stillborns and aborted fetuses are guilty, and half the church thinks they're not. And they both use Romans 5 to argue their point, right? I mean, can we be united despite differences so grave on such a subject that involves the importance of why Christ came at all? Right. We be in Christian unity if we don't understand such a fundamental block of Christianity. And uh, to give us that answer, we can have T.J. Blackwell. T.J.? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe we can be united in spite of our differences here because the issue of whether or not sin sends you to hell is a tier one issue. Uh, as long as we both agree that yes, sin is bad, sin sends you to hell, we can be united over this. Yeah. I'll say, in order for it to be Christian unity, you have to be a Christian, which means you have to agree upon the importance of the cross and why Jesus died. So, I'm not sure if we can disagree on the fact that sin causes death, because that brings in the question why Jesus died. So it is a tier one issue, but I'm not sure on that issue, if that, if that makes sense. Um, I will say whether or not we think sin is inherited directly from Adam or whether or not we think he was our representative or if it's through blood or if Adam was literal, I don't think that matters much as long as we agree that everyone has sin. Now, the belief that Pelagius had that not everyone sinned, there were people who lived perfect lives before Jesus, I think that belief was rightly claimed a heresy. I don't think you can be in unity with someone who believes that. But if we both agree that everyone has sinned, it doesn't really matter where we thought that sin came from, right? Right. Um, of course, there will be. That. I still think it's a second tier issue. Um, yeah. Um, the death is probably a first tier. There's a lot of, and as we dig into this, we need a lot of different opinions on whether or not we can be united. Uh, I think at the end of the day, once you weigh all this and weigh the importance of all this, it's up to you whether or not you think you can be united or not. And uh, I don't have a right answer for them on that. TJ might, though. He's very uh, I also do not. Oh. Unless it's on our Patreon. <laughs> Subscribe and find out. Subscribe to the Patreon. TJ will give you a straightforward answer that doesn't exist. <laughs> but only if everyone subscribes for $10 or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, does, that, does that bring us to the end of this? We did all this to tell them that we don't know if they can be united or not, and we'll talk about it more later. Ah, good. Glad we left them hanging.
Congratulations. Thank you. you got baited. <laughs> so, Josh, mm. welcome to the end of the episode. Whoa, I made it. I didn't think I would listen right. this long, honestly. You didn't? No. Uh, so yeah, It was kind of boring. That Josh guy is awful. Very dry. As is customary, we will be doing our God moment of the... Well, you know, in light of recent events, we're going to expand this to the past, like, two months. Should we just say our God moment? (laughs) Should we just stop saying of anything? Just So now we're going to talk about our God moments. (laughs) No, I'm going to keep making it God moment of the week. We just keep saying God moment of the week, even though it's clearly not of the week. I like it. I'm here. So, Mr. Joshua Knoll, what's your God moment of the week? Do you have a God moment of the week for us? Well, as customary, I'm going to talk way too much to say something that doesn't require that many words. Yeah. Um, So, Zechariah, I want to say chapter four. The Bible talks about the people of Israel, they just got out of exile, right? And they basically, they didn't appreciate the priest and the king that they were given or the temple that they were given. And God judges them all by saying, how dare you despise the day of small things? And it's just something that's really kind of always stuck with me, that verse of don't despise the day of small things. So I, I like I like days like that, right? And uh, we're kind of in an apocalypse now, sort of. Yeah, yeah sort of. And yesterday with my amazing wife, Tiffany, and we drug a tree to the other side of, well, not a tree, a small bush, very heavy small bush, but it was a small bush, to the other side of the road, we threw it out, so I dug up the bush, carried it across the street with my wife, got to mow the yard, you got that fresh grass, smells great, and uh, we grilled out, had some hot dogs and burgers, and it was really nice, I just remembered I had a couple burgers left over, I'm very excited about them. It was one of those days of small things, you know, where it was like nothing big happened, but it was just a really nice day. And I remember specifically taking the time to notice it and be like, oh, this is one of those days. This is one of those days that God said, hey, don't despise. Don't despise these days. Be grateful. You know, I just want to be kind of grateful for that day. It was a good day. Yeah. So I'm going to say my God moment of the week. Time is pretty much a blur now. I don't know if it was <laughs> yesterday or Tuesday. Yeah. I really don't. I have no idea. But uh, I went to my grandparents' house, to my grandpa, uncovered the pool. And he has been back from his proton therapy for a month. He's been doing great. That's awesome. Great health. Worked just as hard as I did, probably harder. Usually harder. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I think I'll call that my God moment from Tuesday or Wednesday. Possibly awesome. Monday. All right. So, so are you ready if, to wrap if, this up? If you, if you listen just all the way to here, congratulations. You've donated an hour of your time. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, of course. I think that counts as important equivalent to $5. If you listen to here, you basically donated $5. So if you donate five more and every single one of you do it, Peter will do those things he said earlier. Right. That being said, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It would mean a lot. It would help us go places. Yeah. Gas is less expensive, but it still costs Metaphorical and literal places. Yeah. Uh, If you know someone who would like to run our Twitter, let us know. Uh, it's very hotly contested, clearly. We've been asking for it for 14-ish weeks. <laughs> so we will get to your application eventually. Yeah. The, they're just pouring in. All one half of them. If you would like to try your hand at composition, make our theme. And uh, Who are some guests we have coming up? Let's see. Well, A lot of I potential guests. Yeah, we have we have a ton of potential guests. I know for a fact on our next episode uh, we will have the one and the only uh, Joshua Michelle Knoll and Pastor Gary Atkins. I think that'll be his third time on the show, right? 
I think so. I think uh, Gary Atkins is going to be our first, first time, well, well, third time, uh, three episode. Our first third time, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he's um. It was supposed to be this week, as some people may have noticed because we mentioned it before. But uh, some some things came up with the church that he had to address. So um, we kind of did this overview for you guys, so that whenever we do get to him, he can more specifically talk about his views on sin. So we're looking forward to that. Um. Also reached out to Sister Rose, who's been on the show before, and we're going to talk to her about the Catholic view on the first few chapters of Genesis. So everything we talked about so far, as far as creation, how people read the Bible, sin, and death, we'll talk to her about that pretty soon. Um, Chandler Goodrich, did I say that right? Goodrich? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked to him. He's going to be back on the show soon for... We're going to talk about how the Bible says we're created in God's image. A lot of people believe that means... We are created to be creative. So we're going to talk to him about that. And um, I, I know we have a few other, I'm trying to reach out to someone from the pre-Orthodox Church to talk about how, you know, for those of you who remember, Father Jonathan talked about a little bit on the episode of um, Orthodox Talk. And he mentioned that the Greek Orthodox Church split before this whole argument with Pelagius. So they never even had a question of what original sin is. So they have a completely different doctrine. We'd love to talk to him about that and see how their church views that and whether or not we can be united over this issue. So hopefully we'll reach out to the Orthodox Church and talk to somebody soon. Um, Father Christian Siskos is going to meet with us over the summer. And again, our 50th episode, we're going to have a bunch of people on, some of our patrons. So if you've signed up, you might be there. If you haven't, you should sign up. We might have you on. And uh, some of our old previous guests and we're just going to talk about what God's been up to lately and what we're going to do from here. Uh-huh. Um, somebody else too. Isn't there a really important um, guest we're going to have? Yeah, cool. At the end of the season, we are going to have Sir Francis Chan. Well, Francis Chan, that's crazy. Does he know? Yeah. Uh, you know? I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. We'll have Francis Chan. He just doesn't know yet. That's fine. Right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye, BJ. There, yeah. Uh, you, you did. That's you what won. I thought. Yeah, you did good. <laughs>